0: In this episode of Social Media Secrets, there's some tough love incoming. But when I say love, I mean really truly. I love you so much that I have to bring these 10 things up. Here are 10 things you need to learn if you wanna up level your marketing. Now, this applies no matter who you are, no matter what type of business you are running, whether you're working for clients, working for yourself, even if you're uh just just, it's not just, but even if you're a freelancer or an uh, an influencer without an actual brand, these are all gonna be super applicable. And these are things that I really truly wished that I had understood sooner. I'm even going to add a bonus 11th. And the 11th one is my absolute favorite. Uh, Okay. You ready for it? Let's dive on in. Number one. This, these are 10 things you need to learn if you wanna up-level your marketing. Number one, copywriting as a whole. You cannot go wrong learning copywriting. And it's so interesting because for a very long time, I didn't value copywriting as much as I could've or should've. And once I started to dive in and really study what makes amazing uh, copy, oh my gosh, it had a transformational effect on my business. Now, funny backstory, when I started in marketing, I didn't even know what copy was. So if you're listening to this and you're like, Rachel, I don't know what you're talking about. That's okay. I didn't know either. Uh, I actually got, I interviewed for this job at an agency. We basically send out like uh, 20 million emails per day. Uh, You know, those like spam emails everybody gets and there's like offers in them. Yeah, we did that. (laughs) But at the end of my interview, as I was walking out the door, nailed the interview. It was awesome. It was a great experience. Um, But they said, oh, we forgot to ask you, how is your copy? And I was at this point. I was like, "I I need this job." I don't know if you guys have ever been at that place. And I do not condone lying. However, sometimes we make interesting decisions in seasons of survival. Um, and so I was like, "Oh, my copy is great." Meanwhile, I'm like, "What is copy?" So I go to YouTube, go to Google, try to learn what the heck it is, and study as much about copywriting as I humanly as humanly possible uh, over the next week until I got the job. And you know what? I learned a lot about copy. So what's interesting is copy is essentially just written words. Uh, The difference between written words and true copy is written words are just that. It's just communication. Copy is something that ultimately encourages or persuades someone to take a specific action. So number one is copywriting as a whole. Number two is how to grab attention. Now, a lot of times... And by the way, I don't condone this. Um, I know it is effective, but I don't condone this necessarily. Uh, A lot of people will resort to just going straight to controversy or conspiracy or whatever because it's the fastest way they've learned how to grab attention. And I'm not saying that it's bad by any means. However, when it comes to grabbing attention, there are different ways that you can do it. We don't have to try to be controversial in order to be controversial. It's actually kind of wild. For example, you can talk about things like parenting or hustle culture or things that you just believe that other people don't or things that you don't believe that other people do. Um, Grabbing attention is about finding a way in the first either couple lines, usually 100 characters or your first three to five seconds of a video, making someone say, I want to watch this. This is worth my time. I'll break down a couple examples of effective ways to do this. And in fact point four uh, comes down to this actually let me share first and foremost the resource that taught me the most about grabbing attention especially with copy but I've applied it to videos as well advertisements everything we do titles um, and that book is called great leads by Michael Masterson now that book I talk about it so much sometimes that book <laughs> completely runs out of copies and ends up being like hundred and fifty dollars all the way up to we've seen it be five hundred dollars so if you see it available at a decent decent price, grab it because you never know when I'm going to start all of a sudden talking a ton about the book and then the copies that are available will sell out. Um, But interesting story about the guy who wrote this book. The entire book is really neat. It's not necessarily a sit down and read the entire book. It's more like read almost paragraph by paragraph, chapter by chapter, and implement what you're learning as you go. And it's all about great leads, which is essentially your first 100 characters of copy. Of course, that absolutely translates to video as well. In fact, really cool story, by the way, about the uh, author. He goes by the pen name of Michael Masterson, but I think his name is actually John Ford. And he was one of the geniuses, the copywriter that actually blew up the company, Agora. That is a multi-billion dollar company, and he is largely responsible for a lot of that growth. So it's a really great book. Um, He has actually a lot of other books that I enjoy. Another one being Ready, Fire, Aim. I've pretty much bought (laughs) every one of his books that I can find on Amazon because I know that it's harder and harder to get his books these days. And every single one has been Absolute gold. So just keep that in mind. Number three, this is one thing you need to learn if you want to up level your marketing. You have to know how to break down accurate pain points, problems, and villains of the people you want to serve. Now, this is really important. I'll share some examples of the ones that I have created because it comes into play all the time. All right, you ready for this? So, for example, no clear strategy. I feel alone. There's lots of waste with my team. We're confused about what actually works. We're trying a little bit of everything. We've had some success, we're worried it's not going to happen again. We're comparing ourselves to our friends and our people in our mastermind, starting to self-doubt. Uh they want to hire, but it feels like patchwork. They just need a solid strategy. That's just a couple of the pain points, problems and villains that I've created for our agency. If you can start to get really clear on and it, this is a journey, by the way, a super big journey, um If you can get super clear on the pain points, the problems, and the villains of your dream clients, oh my gosh, now you can actually start to serve them. There is a quote that's actually attributed kind of loosely but not perfectly to Claude Hopkins, one of like the godfathers of advertising and copywriting. And uh, it basically is if you can describe the problems of your dream clients and customers better than they can, they are going to naturally assume that you have the solution. Hint, hint, if you have the solution, you should learn how to articulate their pain points and problems and fill-ins. Game changer. Number four, how to craft juicy hooks. It's so funny because every time I start to wonder, does this still work? Yep, it still works. It totally works. Now, hooks can be used for a ton of different things. They can be used for the first couple of seconds of your videos. Uh, Once you learn how to craft juicy hooks that compel people, uh, you will ultimately see patterns across bios and captions and the text on screen, the titles of the things that you put out there, it is a game changer. It's very closely related to how to grab attention like great leads. So I'm going to give you guys 10 while we're sitting here, Uh, while we're sitting here, like we're sitting here having coffee together. Number one, here are the secrets to dot, dot, dot. Number two, I'm about to share with you dot, dot, dot. Number three, I'm about to share with you the secrets of dot dot dot. Number four, do you want traffic from dot dot dot? Number five, the one thing I've learned from dot dot dot. Number six, do you get stuck when dot dot dot? Number seven, how to make sure your blank is working dot dot dot. (laughs) Number eight, the secret to using your dot dot dot. Number nine, here's how to get more, dot, dot, dot. Here's exactly, here's number 10, sorry. Here's exactly how I, dot, dot, dot. Hooks are powerful. Uh, Before I used them and consistently studied them, uh, improved them, created templates for them, it was a lot harder to get people's attention. So I'm just gonna say this is really, really, really important. Number five, now this is big because... I go back and forth between recognizing that we live in a world of perception and that for most people, perception is reality. We are living, because we're human, in a perception game. And yes, ultimately, there is a point where you get to transcend the perception game. But knowing that most people are still playing the perception game, you can tap into it authentically by making sure that you're communicating in a way that for the most part you're perceived accurately. I don't know if you've ever talked to someone via email and all their answers are super short or with dot dot dots or no punctuation and subconsciously in the back of your mind the whole time you're like, do they hate me? Do they not like me? Like what is going on? Are they mad at me? Are they going to fire me? Like we've all experienced many of these things before And so one of the things that I like to help people understand is how to communicate so you're perceived accurately according to who you are. Um, There have been people where I've been like every communication, I've been convinced this person hates my guts when the truth is they're really just a a very direct communicator and they don't use a lot of punctuation or uh, emojis to let me know, hey, this is what my tone is as I'm saying this. Now I will say on the flip side of things, I've learned to just take words at face value. I don't read a ton into them behind that. So what someone says, I take as literally as humanly possible because I don't have time for the perception game all the time. However, I know that simply by adding like a smiley face to a message, people know I'm not mad when I'm sending it and it helps a lot. Number six, the art of crafting irresistible offers. I would be absolutely crazy and doing you a disservice if I didn't mention the book that helped me learn how to do this. Plus I'll share one more book that I actually haven't finished, but a ton of my friends rave about it. So I'll share it, but just know I haven't read it, so I can't really speak to its power. Um, So the first book is The Irresistible Offer by Mark Joyner, and there he breaks down how to take something that's normally commoditized and and, which means like everyone's racing to the lowest price and make it so that no one else can compare it to anything else on the market and a great way to do that is oftentimes like bonuses or limited edition or uh, a super juicy offer stack like there are tons of ways that you can do this that are super ethical that don't tap into manipulative methods but rather just give people a ton of value for something that they've needed to buy anyways Uh, the second book is 100. I think it's called One 100 Million Dollar Offers by Alex Hermosi. Once again, I haven't read this book, so I can't speak to it directly, but a ton of my friends have said it is almost like uh 2.0 on the irresistible offer from Mark Joyner. Number seven, learning about your market. Now, this is where most people get this wrong. Most people focus on demographics, and I will say that kind of demographics can be paid attention to a bit. However, you can go even deeper and connect with a more aligned audience by instead focusing on psychographics. So I kind of like to break it down this way. Demographics are what divide us. Psychographics are what unite us. And so psychographics are things like core values, um, beliefs, morals, the things that we stand for. It could be examples like family or faith or, uh, and not even a specific faith, but like just faith as a whole. Uh, For example, one of my major psychographics is fun. So if you put me in a lecture for six hours. I'm going to be bored out of my mind and I'm not going to be an ideal customer. You want to hook me in? Let's talk fun. Number eight, how to research. Now this is big and it ties into the next one in a big way. So a lot of people don't know how to research to find the answers that they're looking for. Uh, and one of the things that is actually a really weird, like hidden gift that I got years ago, um, you, do you guys remember that platform called cha-cha where you text your questions to two four two two four two? 242 i don't think it's available anymore um i was actually a cha-cha guide so this is when i was a single mom in between trying to figure out like how i was going to pay for hair school and figure out life um actually i think i was on my way to becoming a single mom so i think i was still technically at that point engaged um not even a topic for another day. I don't want to talk about it, but <laughs> the point is when I was a cha-cha guide, I learned how to answer questions really fast and basically how to Google anything well. Uh, and what's interesting, so basically you would get paid anywhere from eight to 20 cents per question that you answered, but you had to sort uh, cite a source and Google didn't count and Wikipedia didn't count. And what's interesting is even though that particular work from home job was a serious blessing for me and I was really really strapped for cash in that season of my life I didn't realize that the biggest gift was going to be I was going to learn how to find the answers to absolutely anything so what I recommend is starting to practice putting in new inputs to find new information so for example On Google, I'll type a bunch of keywords. Um, Let's say I wanted to find out how to research my, or let's say I wanted to find out um, how to get great hashtags on Instagram. Instead of putting, how do I get good hashtags for Instagram small creator? I'm gonna put small creator Instagram hashtags 2022. And the best results are gonna show up more often than not. So you pull all the filler and focus on what words are most likely uh, being used by the people who have the best information. So it's a really interesting thing. I recommend spending some time. I wonder if you can actually look it up. I wonder if you can Google it. Um, I should see how to Google anything. Let's see how to Google anything. Oh my goodness. There are so many amazing resources in YouTube. Here's one. 15 ways to search Google. 96% of people don't know about. How to find anything on the internet with Google dorks. (laughs) 12 cool Google search tricks you should be using. This list goes on and on and on. And these videos, by the way, have as many as 19 million views. It's kind of wild right like we can all learn how to google things better Um, i also like to use other platforms such as tiktok pinterest youtube answer the public facebook groups and keyword search although lately that hasn't been super accurate or um complete but i still love to just like go to all of those places and search for the keywords so i can find tons of conversations around all these different points it's been so helpful which brings me to number nine Everyone, 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 everyone needs to learn how to content model. We are not inventors. We are marketers and business owners. Important disclaimer. Someone once took me sharing this out of context saying I was saying steal. In no way, let me be clear, am I saying, suggesting, implying in any form or fashion, that you should steal, that drives me crazy. I don't call people out for it, but it does change the way that I see them forever. Uh, I I understand that there are some waves of thought where people say like steal, I don't agree with that. So content modeling is completely different. Um, I want you to imagine that you have a photograph and you need to draw the photograph. Okay, so one is free-handed and you can look at the model, hear me on that, you can look at the model, which is the photograph, and draw. A lot of people in the art world say that tracing is cheating because it is essentially very similar to stealing or plagiarizing. So what you have to do is not try to make something look exactly alike. You actually want to be able to remove the source and create a totally different piece. If they're similar that's okay. However, it should be completely different. And I know the whole topic of the tracing thing is like widely contested in the art space. So maybe that's not the world's best example. Uh, But for example, when someone records a cover song, have they made it their own? That is huge. So there's a great book that actually teaches you how to content model. And I love this book so much. It's a nice short book, uh, which... (laughs) Lately I'm loving short books. Like the more info you can pack into less words, the better. I want the ahas, I want the quotables, I want like, I don't know what it is, but I am loving short books right now. I'm going into an interesting season. So that book is Steal Like an Artist by Austin Kleon. Fantastic, I reference it all the time because that book really challenged the way that I looked at uh, content modeling. And so I realized that if I wanna get inspired by someone else's content, I can look at their content, create a template that allows me to make it my own, shut the original source material, and then tweak it, cool? So number 10, and then we have a bonus one, number 11 is consistency through time management. This is a built-in, no-brainer way to instantly, up level your marketing because the truth is a lot of people will say like I'm going to post every single day. They post every single day and after usually not even a month, I only laugh because I've been there. Uh, they burn out and then they stop creating content like across the board and they're like I guess burnt out so bad. Well, yeah, like start smaller. Start with 3 to 5 a week. Give yourself some wiggle room. Pick a pace that you can re- realistically, not idealistically, realistically commit to and follow that by managing your time well. Now here's how I do this. Now keep in mind, um, I have ADHD, like extreme ADHD, and I've had to learn a lot of things for coping and management. I don't talk about it a lot because then people start wanting me to like give advice on it and I don't because I'm not a psychologist. So what's interesting is I've had to learn how to lock down self-discipline sprints, Attention resets, hyper focus. Uh, And I'll share with you guys one thing that's really big uh, that has helped me. So I have timers on my desk that I can turn the timer. This one's shaped like a pentagon. I think it's called a Pomodoro timer. And I will turn it. And as soon as I turn it to five minutes, I know I have five minutes to record one, two, three TikToks, and when the timer goes off, it's a built-in reset. So what's interesting is the way that that works is actually through a law called Parkinson's Law, which is that objects will take up the container that they're allowed. For example, if you have no budget, you're going to spend all the money you make. Now, keep in mind, that doesn't necessarily apply to the seasons of life where you're like, dude, I can't even make a budget because I don't even have enough money to pay my bills. I've been there. Um, but the truth is, if you allow yourself 60 minutes for time management for content creation, you're going to be like, where did my 60 minutes go? I ended up just scrolling on TikTok. So I like doing 5 and 10 minute increments. And you can hear it right here. I just turned my little timer and now I, see this visually, the pressure's on, Uh, I am like, oh my gosh, I need to make this happen. But that's not the only thing that I do for time management for content creation. I do a two-hour power hour every single morning. I'm there three to five times a week with the social click, which is really cool. So it's a time to quietly, silently co-work together on our own businesses. And so I love that time. It's 7 to 9 a.m. CT every day, Monday through Friday. I actually don't know if people do it on the weekends too. If they do, awesome. I don't. Uh, But that time built in allows me to get a head start before all of the hustle bustle, emails, notifications start coming in at 9 a.m. So I love having that built in time for me and my business. The other thing that I do that helps a lot is I use a tool called Todoist. And Todoist is fantastic because essentially you can gamify your process of getting things done in marketing. So each day, uh, how it works, I should just do a YouTube video. You know what? I'll just do a YouTube video on it at some point because it has been so transformational for me. And if your brain operates the same way as mine, it's essentially like a re uh, an automatically refreshing to-do list that repopulates each day, each week or each month for you. And number 11, this one's technically a little sales, so I wanted to make it a bonus. This one is one of the hardest things I've ever learned. Um, It's been one of my biggest, it has been one of my biggest struggles, or had been rather. Um, It's something that I actually took on pretty intensely. Uh, Faced it, I was really afraid of it, and it has paid off, but also it's made me a lot less afraid of pretty much everything. And that is how to actually pitch and make offers until, until, keyword, it converts. And so this one's interesting because it's part marketing and part sales. Um, I wouldn't consider myself like a salesy person by nature. I'm more like a, well, yeah, if that helps, awesome. Um, I'm more like the helpful associate that doesn't hit their numbers naturally. So what's interesting is I I made a decision a couple years ago to take this on and, and do the thing that really scared me, which was continually making offers in front of people, and so I've done this on live trainings. I've done this on events. I've done this from stage. I've done this now. I do it at least once a week. And the truth is, it's made me a lot stronger. I feel like it's made me more courageous. It's made me feel bolder. Um, I faced a lot of criticism with it. I have officially completely bombed in front of people. Um, totally bombed an offer, and you know what? I survived. And I learned and I grew and I wanted to hide so badly underneath the chair until the event was over, but the event had to keep going on. So the truth is that is one that is truly, truly next level. I understand that most people will never get to that point where they're comfortable with it, but if you want to take a challenge, that's the challenge for you. It is so powerful and it will make you feel just wonderfully competent and confident and capable of facing scary things. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Social Media Secrets. I actually linked to a ton of resources. You can check them out if you go to rachelpeterson.com forward slash podcast, or it's in the show notes of this episode. I will catch you later. Bye for now, friends.